Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's the Cleveland Indians 5, the Kansas City Royals 3 in extra innings. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And oh man, the storylines in this game. Whether it be the Indians just giving up base runners left and right, whether it be Yu Chang being red hot right now, whether it be two young pitchers who have both seen time up and down between the majors and the minors this season, pitching pretty well, frankly, to start this game, or whether it be the Indians winning another extra inning game, waiting until the fifth inning to start scoring once again, and uh, coming back from behind and winning this game. So, Plenty of things to talk about in this one. Hey, uh, before we get into the storyline, still doing the contest. So I'm going to do it through Saturday. So, or uh, I take that back. I'm going to do it through Friday. So if you want a free Cleveland Baseball Mornings t-shirt, all you got to do is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It's still the biggest podcasting app out there. Um, so yeah, so if you can get the show to blow up a little bit on Apple Podcasts, I will send you a free t-shirt. We've already given away three. We got two more free t-shirts to go. So if you want one of those two free t-shirts, hop on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating review. You can email it to me at Cleveland Baseball at Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. You can DM it to me at Davey Barris on Twitter. Um, let me know. Let me know you left the review and we'll put you in for a free t-shirt. I'm going to order them this weekend. So that's why the cutoff is Friday because I'm going to order them on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, you know, it helps the show grow and that's really what it's about, right? Let's build this baseball community. Uh, cause that's why we started the show. I started the show cause there just wasn't good baseball talk out there. There wasn't good Cleveland baseball talk out there. So, that's why we started the show, and hopefully that's why you enjoy listening to the show. So, let's dive into it. Let's dive into these storylines. Seriously, the Indians just were giving up base runners left and right. Miles Straw gets picked off in the first inning. He's the leadoff hitter. He gets on. It's a nice hit to start the game. He was actually on base three times yesterday, a hit and two walks. I'll take that. I don't care how the leadoff guys get it on base. Uh, as long as he's on base multiple times in a game, that's good. Uh, But yeah, he gets picked off in that first inning uh, by the young starter for Kansas City, uh, Kowar, who uh, had a few appearances early in the season, went back down to AAA, got the call up for this start, and uh, he picks off Straw in that first inning. And it was a situation where Straw just couldn't get his hand back to the bag. Uh, Santana put his foot in the perfect spot. So whether Straw was going to beat this back to the bag or not, He wasn't going to get his hand around Santana's foot, so he's picked off to start the game. Then the pickoff bug would uh, come back and bite us in the ninth inning. Ooh, you cannot do this. Oscar Mercado, after Harold Ramirez starts the ninth inning off with a double, and it looks like the Indians are in a great situation to take the lead, he, uh, I think with one out, with one out, they turn and fire Uh, Who was pitching at the time? Scott Barlow turns and fires to second base. They run a pickoff play, basically. They're not holding Mercado on, but uh, the second baseman stunts and uh, sprints to the bag. 
And who was playing second base last night for them? Oh, Merrifield was at second base last night. Sprints to the bag, and Barlow throws a strike. I mean, an absolute perfect throw to nab uh, Mercado. They do review it. It looked to me like they got the tag on him before those fingers touch. Uh, so, yeah, so we blow a chance in the ninth inning to possibly take the lead. Uh, the other runner that we gave up on the bases was uh, Bradley Zimmer, who unfortunately got into a rough situation where uh, he took a big turnaround first on a single. For some reason, Nicky Lopez thought he could throw him out at first base. It wasn't even close, but the throw sails past first baseman Santana, but it ricochets off the facing of the dugout, the fence there, shoots right back to the pitcher. I mean, right back to the pitcher. And uh, Bradley Zimmer takes off. He gets up from out of the dirt, takes off for second. Uh, Sandy Elmar, the first base coach, tells him to go second. Unfortunately, this ball ricocheted to the perfect spot, which was right back to the pitcher. Bradley Zimmer is hung up in between the bases. Once you, do, once you commit to go, you got to go. But you don't know. By, by Bradley Zimmer running full steam, he puts a lot of pressure on the pitcher to throw a strike to second base. You never know what's going to happen if you run hard. But I can tell you what's going to happen if you stop running halfway between the bases. You are in no man's land. You are a dead man out there. And uh, Sandy Alomar, you can see him on the replay, throws his hands up on his head uh, like, oh, God, what did I just do? Or, oh, God, how did that ball ricochet exactly back to the pitcher? I mean, that thing could have done a hundred different things. It could have shot up in the air. It could have bounced down the line and you know it could have done anything instead it goes right back to the pitcher and we give up another base runner on the base paths speaking of weird baseball plays last night there was also one that Fermil Reyes had where it kicked off the pitcher's heel and shot up in the air I mean a mile high up in the air and uh, comes down in Carlos Santana's glove and he uh, beats Fermil Reyes to the base and tags him out. Uh, if anyone else was running, uh, maybe uh, maybe they were sa- they'd be safe. You know, if that's Bradley Zimmer running, maybe they'd be safe. Or Ahmed Rosario, but unfortunately, it's Fermil Reyes and a foot race between Reyes and Santana. I don't think anybody wants to watch a foot race between Fermil Reyes and Carlos Santana. Uh, if if I'm correct, it was the eighth inning ground out. Um, which he hit 109.5 miles per hour. Wow. And that hit off the pitcher's foot. That has to leave a bruise, right? Let's go to the game summary on the MLB app. They usually have pretty good detail about these things, of what actually happened. Uh, yeah. Fermil Reyes grounds out sharply. Pitcher Josh Stalmont to first baseman Carlos Santana. That is not a great description of what actually happens here. Stalmont sticks his foot out. The ball hits off his heel 109.5 at a negative 5-degree launch angle. Hopefully, the dirt took a little of the sting out of that ball. And then I want to know what the launch angle was off of Stalmont's foot. The launch angle off his foot had to have been a 50-60 degree launch angle. Straight up in the air, a pop-up that Santana has to bring down and tag Reyes going to base. Can't even beat him to the base. Has to tag him. Uh, So, yeah. So, some crazy plays last night. There were some absolute crazy plays. All right. Now, let's get into the actual scoring on this game because Kansas City really got going early. And we'll tie in Logan Allen's pitching here because Allen pitched tough yesterday. But the Royals were ultra aggressive against him. 
We're going to get into comparing Logan Allen's two starts here in a second. But the Royals were super aggressive against him, really attacking anything that he put in the zone. And because of that, he actually lays off the fastball a little bit and goes with the slider more than the fastball in this start. Still makes it through six innings. Still goes six and two-thirds innings. Only through 76 pitches. And DeMarlo Hale said post-game, he didn't take him out because, uh, you know, his pitch count got too high or anything like that. And he knew he had more pitches in him. He took him out because he just liked the matchup with Brian Shaw better to end that seventh inning. He thought Shaw could get out of the inning better than Logan Allen did. And that's what the bullpen's for. The bullpen is there to save you sometimes. And uh, so, yeah, so Allen struggles early, but then really settles down, really locks in. So he ends up loading the bases in the first inning um, and giving up a run. Merrifield with a single off of Jose Ramirez's glove. Jose Ramirez kind of kicks it out of his own glove, but they give him a single in Kansas City for that. Nicky Lopez lines a nice single uh, through, I believe, the left side. Salvador Perez would fly out, and of course, Carlos Santana would draw a walk to load the bases. Michael Taylor would come up, hit a deep fly ball to right field, but nothing, no trouble for Bradley uh, Bradley Zimmer out there. It does bring in sack fly. It does bring in a run. And then Ben Attendee would fly out to end the threat. So gets himself into a little bit of trouble. Not all his fault. Whether Ramirez would have been able to throw out Merrifield, he was deep in the hole and Merrifield can fly. Probably is questionable, but he gives up two singles and a walk to start things, and he's able to hold them to just a sack fly. So what could have been a disastrous first inning for Logan Allen, he works out of. You're going to have it. You're going to have it as a pitcher. Uh, he gives up some more hits in the uh, second inning. Uh, Alberto Mondesi uh, gets things going. Mondesi would give Logan Allen trouble all night. Uh uh, yeah, oh, this was the stolen base inning. That's what it was. Uh, so uh, Mondesi singles, Dozier flies out, uh, Hanser Alberto singles. So they got runners on first and second. Just nice singles, nothing you could do about it as Logan Allen. But they, uh, they do a double steal here with two outs. With two outs, they do a double steal. And Mondesi got such a huge jump that I don't even think... I don't know what was going through his head because he actually stops and hesitates halfway between second and third. Almost like he didn't expect, he's like, hey, there was no way he could have gotten that big of a jump and Logan Allen not spin and throw back to second. Uh, but he does, and he goes all the way to third and uh, a rare bad throw by Austin Hedges. So it's actually an unearned run in this second inning. Hedges throws it you know, past Jose Ramirez into left field and the run comes in to score. He gets out of that one with a Nicky Lopez ground out. All right, so he's hanging in there. He goes one, two, three in the third inning. Then in the fourth inning, Montessi comes back up, gets one 104.7 miles per hour, 422 feet. Frankly, on a ball, it didn't look like off the bat he got that well, but it really carried out there in Kansas City, 422 feet. And now the Indians are down 3 nothing. And now that's when the Indians go to work. Logan Allen would settle down after that. He'd go one, two, three in the fifth. He'd go one, two, three in the sixth. And uh, he'd get into a little bit of trouble there in the seventh. And uh, that's when Shaw would come into the game. So 
Yeah, overall from Logan Allen, it's not a bad game. The CSW CSW numbers aren't great. All three of his strikeouts on this day came via the slider, which he really had to go to because they were just sitting on that fastball. And uh, going over to Fangraphs, we could take a little bit of a look at uh, you know what was the difference in these games. Uh, what was the difference in this start versus this start in Boston, which obviously he dominates in his Boston start, and he's good in this start. This is a good major league start right here. Uh, the differences were he was not getting the ground balls. Much more fly balls versus the Boston start. Boston start, he was up at 64.3% ground ball rate, 21.4% fly ball rate. In this start, it was only 40.9% ground balls, 45.5% fly ball. So obviously, Kansas City was lifting the ball on him a little more. They were also using the opposite field. Boston only went oppo 7.1% of the time. Kansas City was up at 36.4%, a much more common rate you're going to see. His, his yearly average is 22.4% of teams going opposite field on him. The hard hit rate was back. They were being very aggressive against him. 54.5% hard hit rate from Kansas City, whereas in the Boston game, it was only at 35.7%. So a lot more hard hit balls last night in Kansas City. Uh, When we go to the pitch type, uh, he was only 35.5% fastball against Kansas City. Against Boston, that was up at 44.3. So he was really leaning into the fastball. And in turn, he had to go to the slider in this one. The changeup rate is about the same in the teens. The curveball rate is single digits from both starts. The slider and the fastball is the difference here. He said, okay, you're being super aggressive. Well, I'm going to throw my slider more. Let's see how aggressive you are against that pitch. So 31.8% sliders against Boston. Against Kansas City, 40.8% sliders. All right, the plate discipline numbers are really telling. So inside the zone swinging. So this is the percentage of pitches a batter swings at inside the strike zone. With Boston, it was at 64.1%, right around his yearly average, which is 69.5. Last night in Kansas City, they were at 84.8% swinging on pitches in the zone, which meant if he was coming in the zone, they were basically swinging. No matter what, if it's in the zone, I am swinging at it. Um, so yeah, his first pitch strike was down a little bit from Boston. In Boston, it was 61.9% first pitch strike. This time, it was only down at 48.1% first pitch strike. So did struggle to establish the strike zone early. But when a team's being that aggressive against you, I guess maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to be laying them in there on the first pitch. You know, It actually works out for him. He actually, like I said has a pretty good Major League start. Uh, Did I say his final line? His final line, six and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, only two earned because of that Austin Hedges throwing error, two walks, and three strikeouts with the one home run allowed. Was hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. So, yeah, that's what's going on. That was the uh, Kansas City Royals offense, and that was the Logan Allen pitching. Now, the other storyline of that picks up in the fifth inning because the Royals are done scoring in that fourth, and the Indians take over in the fifth. They score two runs in that fifth inning and get themselves back into this baseball game. And uh, it was a huge job from the Indians' offense, and it was the bottom of the lineup again. 
guess where all the runs are scored? You know, Daniel Johnson gets one run scored. He was pinch running for Reyes in that, uh, I believe, in the 11th inning, you know, starting the runner on second base. So um, all the other scoring comes from the five hole and below. Uh, Bradley Zimmer scores. Harold Ramirez scores. Bobby Bradley scores a run. Uh, Austin Hedges does not, but Yu Cheng pinch hitting for Andres Jimenez eventually in this game would be uh, would score a run himself. So all the scoring comes basically. Uh, all right, the fourth hole does score, but that was the that was the extra bonus runner on the eleventh inning, and basically all the scoring comes from five through nine in this lineup. And on a night where Amin Rosario had to do everything the night before, this time the bottom of the order picks up the slack. And that's a great recipe for success, right? That is definitely going to be, uh, if the bottom of your order is doing things, you are definitely going to be put in the uh, place to succeed here. So how does it happen here? Uh, Well, uh, it happens because of Andres Jimenez. But unfortunately, their unearned runs, unfortunately, no RBIs for Andres Jimenez. Uh, the inning starts with a Bradley Zimmer walk. Uh, Harold Ramirez would then single through the left side. Uh, Zimmer moves up to second. Bobby Bradley would line out to right field. Austin Hedges would pop out in foul territory. There were a couple times where Indians had players on early, and it felt like we just let some opportunities go. This felt like it was going to be another one. I mean, we're down to two outs now. We got a runner on second, uh, first and second, and maybe this inning's over, but Andres Jimenez... Hits one out into left center field. Let's see what the exit velocity was on this one. It was a good poke by uh, Andres Jimenez. 97 miles per hour, 372. It had an expected batting average of 330 to the warning track in left center field. The thing is, uh, Michael Taylor, the center fielder, had this ball. He had it run down. He's like Miles Straw out there. He will run down pretty much anything in the air. He had this one run down. At the last second, it just bounces off his glove, and it goes for a two-run error. I don't know if he took his eye off it to look for the wall, you know, thinking he might crash into the wall. I don't know. I mean, when you're running full speed out there in the outfield, uh, and you flash your glove up there to catch the ball, I mean, these guys are the professionals, right? They're supposed to be the best of the world at it. But it's a tough transition. It's a tough transition going from a dead sprint because your arms are pumping. Your glove is not up. When you're tracking a fly ball, right, and you're drifting on a fly ball and that glove is up in the catch position, that's different. This is a situation where he was running full speed and then had to flash the glove up at the last second to try to catch this one. And it's a tough transition. I mean, the world is... The world is bouncing all around you when you're sprinting full speed. And uh, then to kind of settle your vision and pick up that ball, uh, it's a tough transition. And he just can't come up with the catch. And it gifts the Indians two runs and puts the Indians back in this game. I'm not sure the Indians get back in this game. I'm not sure the Indians have enough offensively if it's not for this two-run error in the fifth inning. Right? That really could have been the, the key pivot point of this game, of the momentum of this game. In the seventh inning, Yu Chang pinch hits because uh, they go to a lefty out of the bullpen. And uh, the lefty was actually doing pretty good 
uh, in this seventh inning. Let's see, what did he do before Chang came in? He got Bobby Bradley to fly out. He strikes out Austin Hedges, and then he gives up the home run to Yu Chang uh, after starting him, let's go to this at bat because I think he started him with some hard stuff. If I remember correctly, here um, he was really pumping in the hard pitches. It's Jake Brents. Jake Brents, yeah, he throws him four fastballs in a row. I mean, I'm talking 98.5, 97.1, 98.4, 99.7, and Cheng fouls that one off. Uh, Then he was pounding them down and in with these. The first one he misses with. The second one is a called strike on the inside edge. Gets a call there. The third one, he goes even deeper inside on Chang, and he swings through it. The fourth one is back on the plate, and he fouls this one off. So now he's got him timed up at 99.7. Then he goes and throws him a slider at 86.3, and frankly, he hangs it right down the middle of the plate at the thighs, and Chang goes down and crushes it down the left field line. 104.7 mile-per-hour exit velocity, 369 feet down the line for his seventh home run, and Chang is absolutely on fire right now. Yu Chang, I I know his bat hasn't been there all season. I know he struggled early. This is ridiculous. In his last seven games, his slugging percentage is 1,000, 1.043. That's his slugging percentage. That's not his OPS. His OPS is 1.4 something, 1.46. That's his OPS in his last seven games. His slugging percentage is 1.043. He has homered. In, let's see here. He has homered in, he didn't homer on the 29th. So he's homered in four of his last five games. And a lot of these are pinch hit situations here. They're not always starts. But he has homered in four of his last five games. Uh, what a tear from uh, from Yu Chang right now. And that ties the game up, you know, on an inning where it doesn't look like the Indians are going to have much. A guy's blowing him away in the high 90s. And uh, Chang comes up with a home run to tie the game. It would force the game into extras in the 11th inning uh, when it looked like all was lost. I believe this comes with two outs. So after Bradley Zimmer strikes out and Oster Mercado flies out, they intentionally walk Bobby Bradley. Why not set up the force at all the bases? And then Austin Hedges hits the bloop single of all bloop singles. I, he, there's no way he can look you in the eye and tell you he was trying to go opposite field on this one. It looks like he was just swinging for his life on this one. Looks like, frankly, he was trying to pull a ball that was up and in, and he ends up poking it out over Carlos Santana's head, a little flare at 60.2 miles per hour that drops right behind Santana, and Daniel Johnson is able to come in and score. Bobby Bradley goes to third. Yu Chang follows that up by absolutely roping a double, 107.3 miles per hour down the left field line, uh, and that brings in Bobby Bradley to score. Austin Hedges give the third base coach Hutchins third base coach Hudson credit because he's waving guys in like crazy right now being ultra aggressive anybody else running on the team maybe scores 
but not Austin Hedges. There was no way Hedges was scoring from first on this one. Ben Attendee does a great job of getting the ball in, and the relay throw nails Hedges at the plate. But the Indians do scratch across two runs in the fifth, and that would be all the bullpen needed. The bullpen was out of this world on this night. So good. Blake Parker got himself into so much trouble in the uh, 10th inning. You thought for sure this game was over in the 10th inning. And uh, it starts off with, I don't even know who they gave the error to. Did they give the error to Chang or did they give the error to Bobby Bradley? Uh, They gave the error to Chang on the throw. So uh, Chang kind of fumbles a grounder a little bit, you know, kind of pops out of his glove, but he recovers, throws the first, but the throw's kind of high and Bobby Bradley can't hang on to it. Frankly, you know, the error could have gone to either of them on that one. Uh, they both kind of had a chance to make that play if either of them makes a good play, but they don't. So now there's runners on the corner, nobody out. And uh, Blake Parker is really in some trouble here in the 10th inning. Uh, he ends up walking Nicky Lopez after that, which loads the bases. Now he's got to face Salvador Perez, the best hitter on the Kansas City Royals, and he strikes him out. Strikes him out with what I believe was a split change, possibly, uh, down. Yes, it was. So he strikes him out on four pitches. Gets him with swinging through a cutter. Gets him swinging through a splitter that are both in the zone. Throws a four-seam fastball high that he doesn't chase. And then drops a splitter down that he goes and chases. So the splitter really working for Blake Parker. After that, he gets Carlos Santana to pop up on a forcing fastball that was in. Uh, he pops that out to Yu Chang. And then still with the bases loaded, Michael Taylor. All Santana had to do was hit a fly ball there. And he gets the winning run across. This is the 10th inning with the bases loaded and nobody out. And then Michael Taylor comes up, and again, a four-seam fastball high. This time, he reaches out for it and also pops it out to Yu Chang at second base. So, Chang's able to get a little redemption. He catches, you know, two pop-ups to get him out of this inning. And Blake Parker, working with the bases loaded, gets out of it. And then Trevor Steffen comes in in the ninth for his first career save. Remember, Steffen had never pitched in the majors before this season. He's the Rule 5 draft pick. Which means he hasn't, he was stuck in the Yankees minor league system, and we gave him an opportunity here. And man, is he going fastball after fastball against Benetendi, just pounding fastballs down in a way against Benetendi. Finally gets him to fly out to Oscar Mercado. Um, Alberto Mondesi is up next. He uh, throws one slider to Mondesi, but mostly it's fastballs. Uh, StatCast got confused here. Austin Hedges said post-game that uh, there was a new pitch that Stefan was working on. Maybe it was a splitter or something like that. So it says here that it was a four-seam fastball. But the pitch velo was only at 89.6. Now, this is a guy that throws 98 miles per hour. I don't think he's throwing a fastball at 89.6. So this is not a four-seam fastball. StatCast gets a little confused on this one. But he swings over top of it. It's down. It looks lo- lo- it's the location of where you would throw a split finger uh, down uh, below the knees, and he swings through it. Uh, yeah, had twenty two degree, twenty two inch vertical break as opposed to his fastball that has a twelve inch vertical break. I'm really surprised Statcast didn't pick that up. 
And then Hunter Dozier comes up, and this time he blows him away with a fastball. This time, after a couple of sliders, after three sliders, goes a fastball high and tight, 98.1 miles per hour, and just blows away Hunter Dozier to end the game. So Trevor Steffen picking up the first save of his career. And yeah, it was a really good job by Steffen and Parker in extra innings. So MVP for the day. Ooh, this is a tough one. I got to go with Parker. I got to go with Blake Parker on this one. The veteran now in the bullpen, kind of uh, taking over that coveted role that's been so important to Indians bullpens over the last, what, five, six, seven years to have a veteran presence in that bullpen. And uh, he gets the job done and gets the W on the day. And throw in a little bit of an MVP on the day for Trevor Steffen as well, getting his first career save. He gets the pat on the back for the day. While Blake Parker, I'm giving MVP for the day too. Because, I mean, a lot of pitchers. It was a tie game. It was the 10th inning. It was in Kansas City. Kansas City had all, you know, everything was leaning in their favor in that 10th inning. And he is able to work his way out of it. So, fantastic job by the Indians bullpen. And that is all my thoughts on this one. All right. Let's get out of here. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. It's a fantastic win by the Indians on the day. They move to 66 and 64. They are, let's see, in the wild card. They're seven and a half back in that wild card. They do face Boston again after this. Um, so, yeah, so they have not given up. Uh, Post game, uh, Austin Hedges said it. He said, we have not given up on the playoffs. They're still thinking there's a chance of the playoffs. So they're still playing hard out there. That's all I care about, whether they make the playoffs or not. All I care about is they're still playing hard out there down the stretch. So thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. We got Tristan McKenzie pitching again uh, tomorrow, tonight. It's a night game. I'm surprised it's not a getaway day. I'm surprised it's not a day game, but it's a night game in Kansas City. McKenzie, we'll see if everything looks the same. Is the fastball velo where we expect it to be? Is he pounding the strike zone again? So, uh, you know, we'll see. We don't really know what that injury really meant. So we'll see how he does tonight. For show merch, remember to visit clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com for premium t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs. That's right, it's hoodie season. We are, I took the dog out to pee last night. It was chilly. Took him out again this morning. It was cold. So we are definitely getting into hoodie season. Uh, coffee mugs and more for men, women, and kids. Show off your pride for Cleveland baseball and help spread the show's name with some high-quality shirts and gear. The link is in the show notes and is my pinned tweet on Twitter at Davey Barris. Again, the final from Kansas City. It's the Indians in extra innings, 5-3 to three over the Royals. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Do you think the Indians still have a chance of making the playoffs? Shoot me an email. Tell me what you think. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.